We are proud to introduce the Grunt Style Foundation, a nonprofit devoted to servicing our service members, veterans, and their families. It's an organization that is built on three pillars, honor, integrity, and advocacy. We recognize those who have courageously served our country, and we're ready to go to the very steps of power on their behalf. We've done it before, and we'll do it again. From providing veterans with affordable in-home therapy methods, to championing alternative therapies to combat traumatic brain injuries, toxic chemical or heavy metal exposures, and more. Our approach is holistic and aggressive. Wherever our community is in need, we are there. Our mission is ongoing and will remain with support from people like you. Make our mission your mission, and together we can turn the tide. Someone has to. Visit www.grunstylefoundation.org for more information and join the change today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of American Grit with me, Tim Jensen. I've got with us a very special guest today, a author, a combat veteran, a member of the 275 Ranger Regiment, my good friend Dan Blakely. Welcome to the show, my friend. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yes, it is a, a great uh, chance to have you here to talk about this incredible book. Um, you know, we met not too long ago at a veter- uh, veteran event here in San Antonio, the Warrior Rising Business Shower. Uh, and you know, I got to say, I didn't know I didn't know about this book, right? And I follow yeah. a lot of things within the, the community. Um, but uh, once I've got my hands on it, my goodness, it is uh, one of the coolest things that really documents uh, a shared experience for a lot of us that fought in the global war on terrorism. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's been an incredible experience throughout all of it. You know, it's something that uh, was really a passion project to give back to the veteran community. It's something that I wanted to to share stories of veterans, because I think it's important that all veterans share their stories. It's important for it to be well documented. It's a piece of not only their history, but really our, our American history. And so I wanted to make sure that we had something tangible that people could take away from their experience in the last 20 years and read these stories and feel connected with them and uh, and just anybody, even if they haven't served, feel connected with the veterans who have served in the last 20 years. That's, uh, that's fantastic. And, you know, I love what you said there, like, you know, telling these stories about, you know, our experiences, right? You know, they say, you know, that adage or that little quip, uh, you know, you die two deaths, mm-hmm. your, your death and then the second death being when you're, the last time your name is spoken, right? And I think that's a little bit of what, uh, what Grunstyle represents is that is that company that will continue to, to share the names of these individuals and the experiences and the stories uh, of the 20-year war, right? I mean, there's a significant time in American history and we've never experienced anything like it. And to document it and to really share that experience is something special. Now, what was the motivation, you know, and how it all got together? Because it's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Um, and the people that you're working with are, you know, I, I'm sure there are many people out there that will know, uh, you know, some of the people involved in this. So, yeah. you know, tell us how it all came to be. Yeah, it was uh, kind of interesting. So, um, one of my childhood best friends, Bo Simmons, uh, he... Uh, him and I grew up together, um, met when I think I was like five or six years old, just always stayed connected. Um, when I first joined the military, actually, and I, I found out, you know, that I was going to be a ranger, uh, Bo was more excited than I think I was. Like, he, he's one of those people who's always felt very connected to the military, um, you know, watched war movies and stuff like that growing up, but uh, life dealt him a different deck of cards. Mm-hmm. He, he went a different path, wasn't able to join the military due to some uh, medical you know, restrictions for him. But, you know, we always stayed connected. We always were talking about my deployments, things like that. And he was living in California. I was living in North Carolina uh, during the pandemic. And 
I, I told him he came and visited me at one point, and I said, you know, you just need to move out here. You need to come to North Carolina, live, you know, live out on this side. You've been living in California your entire life. Uh, you know, you probably need a, a change. Right. And uh, so he did. He packed up everything, uh, put it all in his sedan, drove across the country. Um, during that time, he also did a photo series with uh, Heroes and Horses. Um, it's a nonprofit that helps with uh, veterans dealing with PTS and, and with uh, intense equine therapy. It's not just like, you know, petting horses and stuff like that. It's right. riding on horseback out into the bush and like breaking horses and very intense uh, cycles. So he did a photo series for them. Uh, it was really successful. And then we were just talking when he finally moved out. And, and, you know, he was reflecting on that experience. At the same time, I was reflecting on really my experience in serving um, because when I got out, I closed up that book. I put it on the shelf and I said, I'm done. Like, you know, I, yes, I served, but I didn't identify as a veteran for years. I didn't like many of my friends, people that I, I hung out with, like they would have to pluck and, and pull to find out, you know, that I was a veteran and that I served and that I went to combat and all these other things. Like I just never talked about it. Right. And uh, I started reflecting on that during the pandemic. It was like, you know, I need to probably address some of this stuff. Like I need to address some of these feelings that I've, I've been co cooped up inside of me. Um, you know, and tell my story and share my story. And so Bo and I were sitting at my kitchen table talking about it. And uh, he was talking about how he wanted to do something with photography for veterans. I was talking about how I wanted to share stories for veterans. And we were like, let's just do a, a photo book. Let's do something that shows the faces of America's veterans who served in the last 20 years. I knew this was, uh, so this was around August, 2020. Um, I knew that this coming year, the year after, was going to be the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and our 20 years in combat. And so I said, let's just call it the 20-year war. Right. Let's, let's make sure that we're covering veterans throughout that entire experience. Um, so we did. We jumped straight into it, started producing uh, the book and the content. Bo went out, started connecting with veterans. Uh, and then Tom Amenta is uh, also a 275 Ranger. He uh, served at a different time than me. Um, but him and I met actually in the National Guard together. We both were uh, OCS instructors. We were supposed to be infantry school instructors starting up a new infantry school in North Carolina National Guard. Didn't happen. Uh, so we ended up being OCS instructors. But uh, he, um, you know, we, we talked in, uh, about this project. He got super excited about it. Um, initially, he was just helping me connect, you know, with people. Um, but eventually I was like, look, I, I need more help. <laughs> I, need, I need somebody to help me write these stories. And uh, so he jumped right in. He was like, absolutely, I'll, I'll help wherever I can. So uh, he's the one who basically transcribed the audio recordings that we had from the interviews and put them into the text that's in the book. Oh, wow. That had to, that had to be a tough, a tough task. I mean, yeah. There's some powerful stories. And, and in a, a short period of time. Yeah. So we got connected with a publisher um, pretty quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, pretty quick. But then we, uh, we knew we only had about four months to produce this book from start to finish. Wow. And uh, we did everything ourselves. Every single page that's in this, the cover, everything in this book is designed by us. It's thought out by us. Um, we didn't go to, yeah, we had a copy editor, but that was it. He just read the words and, and changed the copy. So we had four months to hit the ground and travel across the United States. Bo did, I want to say, 14,000 miles uh, between driving everywhere. Uh, I went with him on a few different trips, flying and also driving up through the Northeast and connecting with some veterans and interviewing them there. Yeah. But it was a, an intense period for four months, just pounding away, making sure that we got these stories. Uh, and yeah, for Tom, it was certainly for some of these stories kind of difficult because 
you know, it's reliving even some of the things that he went through and, sure. and, uh, you know, learning some new things about, you know, these past 20 years that maybe he didn't even know individuals have gone through. Right. Um, so it was a very powerful experience. Absolutely. What was, uh, what was a favorite, your a favorite story of yours within the book? Uh, I, I have a lot of, a lot of really good stories. Sure. Um, a lot that I love, but uh, the the person I, I think stands out the most to me is, is Tanya Oxendine. Uh, she was an Army uh, Command Sergeant Major. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, started her career in the uh, in the 80s. Uh, served her full 30 years until basically they had to kick her out. Uh, but she's a black woman joining in the 80s. Right. You can imagine all the obstacles and barriers that she had to overcome. Uh, you know, she dealt with, uh, you know, military sexual trauma right. uh, throughout her career. She dealt with all these other things that easily she could have just, you know, packed up her uniform and, and got out at any point. But she didn't. She wanted to serve her full career and she wanted to make sure that she served to her fullest and served the people that she was standing side by side with. And then even when she got out and she finally, like I said, was more or less forced out to retire, <laughs> uh, she's still serving. She's yeah. still doing uh, things for veterans, trying to give back to the community. Um, you know, she's such an inspiration to, to so many people. Like, like I said, her, her story alone just stands out for me. Right. No, that's a beautiful thing. And I think you're absolutely right. I, I, um, you know, <laughs> we see, we see, we've heard many stories on this program of American Grit and we've talked a lot of, of gals and, uh, you know, the struggles that you know, females have had within the military has been you know, just absolutely disgusting in, yeah. in many respects. And, you know, I think that's a, a fantastic story to uh, to reflect on. And, yeah. you know, as we you know, celebrate, you know, really our culture, right? If we're going to celebrate our culture, we need to understand the things that come along with that culture as well and then kind of step on those things and get them out. Yeah. Uh, and the only way to do it is talk about it. And that's what we do here at American Grit and love sharing uh, those stories to make, uh, you know, uh, to increase education and, 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 and let's smarten our, let's smarten our audience and say, Hey, you know, we don't have to take this anymore. Yeah. You know, and you know, cause this is our community and we have a responsibility to that. And I, that's why I love this book, uh, you know, because it is part of that responsibility right now, you know, the, the book comes out in 2021, right? Yep. Afghanistan. Yeah. Collapses in August. Yep. Right around the same time the book is, is getting its legs. Yep. How did that impact uh, you, your team? Um, you know the people that are reading these uh, or putting their hands on this book. What was the the what were you getting from that, all that? Uh, and what were you experiencing yourself? Because I know I was experiencing some old shit, and I've never even been to Afghanistan. Yeah, uh, a lot. Um, so when we came up with the title, the Twenty Year War, again, it was. Uh, in the fall 2020. Yes, there were talks about how we're moving. We were coming into our 20th year and and people were starting to talk about, oh, the 20 years at war, but it wasn't necessarily like a mainstream title, the 20 year war. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine when we release this book simultaneously, fall of Afghanistan happens. Everybody's talking about the 20 year war now. Right. Um, The the fortunate thing is I, I feel like we were able to help a lot of people um, we got connected, Tom and myself primarily, got connected with a lot of different organizations that were you know, helping to get people out of Afghanistan, help saving lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were able to speak on their behalf on a lot of different national media. Um, we were able to kind of give updates of, of what's going on on the ground, the different initiatives that were going on, um, talking about how veterans were standing up or, you know, standing up and uh, 
you know, taking that, that step that others wouldn't, um, and, and trying to save lives. And so it was great that we were able to talk about that and make sure that it was, you know, getting exposed in the media. We were talking about it. Uh, but the unfortunate thing too, is it it did draw away from the book itself a Mm -hmm. little bit. Um, again, I, I, I'm proud that we were able to go on, you know, national media and talk about things that were happening and also even reflect in some cases about 20 years at war and what it meant to be a veteran who served in you know, our nation's longest war. Um, but it, it was an intense period. It really was. It was, uh, it was especially hard for Tom, I think. Um, you know, he spent both of his rotations in Afghanistan. I spent three rotations in Afghanistan. And um, he, uh, he was very connected with the people trying to get individuals out. Um, and he was, oh, sure. I mean, he was working with Nick Palmashano for yep. many, many years at Ranger Up. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and he was, even the day the books came in, uh, and we had to sign him. He was staying at my house and, uh, he was up between signatures and, and sleeping on my couch and not really sleeping just on his phone, you know, yeah. uh, in darkness, like just coordinating with people, trying to get people out. And, uh, you know, he did a lot of incredible work um, and, and made a lot of great connections to help people stay connected with how to get people out of Afghanistan. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, you know, I think I think the story uh, that we'll, we will reflect on is, you know, uh, one, uh, again, we, like, <laughs> you know, we should not have such high expectations from our government. Yep. Uh, and secondly, it will be the veterans that always uh, right a wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when the opportunity presents itself, like we did with Afghanistan, um, you know, people like you and me may not have been on, on the ground pulling people out, but we were using our platform and our voice uh, to make sure that this was being elevated and uh, that the public knew what was going on and yep. that we were ashamed. We were ashamed by uh, the actions of our government, right? Yeah, uh, and that's a and that's a hard thing, you know. And you know, from that, let's pivot into a little bit of, um, you know, you you also had a company with these yeah. the same gentleman, right? Yeah. Um, um, unnamed Valor. Talk a little bit about the the company and 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 how it parallels into the twenty year war, the book, and and, and all the work that you're doing. Yeah. <clears throat> so with uh, United Valor, it was it was a kind of company that was created out of necessity initially. Um, it was created the same time that we were, you know, kind of starting to develop the idea for the book. Uh, but when we initially were like, well, let's share stories of veterans, we thought, well, let's start a company. Let's figure out how to create some content for them. Uh, and we started with a podcast called Never Left Behind. Mm -hmm. And the objective of that podcast was to be full length. Veterans get to sit down and tell their entire story. We get, you know, I, I know people don't like long form podcasts sometimes, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to make sure to document and I, I wanted, I wanted veterans to have their space to be able to share their, their full story. So, you know, some of these podcasts go two and a half, three hours long. Sure. Um, and it, I know that's long for people to digest, but at the same time, I think more than the people that are consuming the podcast, it was also about the, the therapy of, you know, the individual sharing their story in full. Um, and I, I thought that was really powerful. So we started with that. You know, obviously we created the book um, that has helped us create the museum exhibition yes. at the National Veterans Memorial Museum. Um, and then from there, we're just we're going into more avenues to again advocate for veterans, share their stories, ensure that they're getting um, you know the recognition that they deserve, especially as we transition into a, a peacetime military, um, and and just make sure that this portion of history doesn't get lost yeah. in the next thing that's coming. 
Yeah, and that's a, it's important thing to to state there is, uh, you know, as as we move in into Garrison, but who knows how long we'll be in Garrison? I mean, we can we're sending tanks to Ukraine right yeah. now, <laughs> so that might be a, a short little instance. Um, but you know, as that Garrison life really takes foot in in the military, I was a Garrison you know a long time ago. I joined in '97, right? I, I know what Garrison life was like. <laughs> that 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 existence sucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, you you know we were. In that time period, we still had some ghosts of, of, of previous conflicts that we were always looking up to, but uh, and, and enamored by, right? Mm-hmm. You, you get the, the, the old salt that would come and, you know, give your platoon a, a little howdy-doody, you know, hey, you know, this is what I did, blah, 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 type of conversation, uh, which was great. But, you know, again, like, it is, it's our responsibility you know, to make sure that these stories are continuing to be told and that we're, we're putting uh, these uh, stories in the right place. The MVMM is the, yep. is the right place for where where this story should be told. And, you know, the exhibit, which we're going to be, uh, you know, potentially bringing here to, to Grunstyle, or I should say will be bringing to Grunstyle, yep. uh, is going to be fantastic. And, you know, that uh, means a lot to me in this brand because, you know, we're a product of, of, of the 20-year war, right? Yep. And we are part of that storytelling. And to have... Um, you know, an opportunity to share you know, the work that was done in this book in in exhibition exhibition format in yep. our our store here uh, in San Antonio, uh, in our retail positions all across the United States. You know, we want to make sure that we're continuing to share that with as many people as possible and be a part of this storytelling. Um, you know, so for for you know people out there that don't know the MVMM, how like talk a little bit about the that organization and. Uh, you know, what they represent. Yeah. So the, uh, <clears throat> the National Veterans Memorial Museum is in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it was founded in 2018, I think, is when it officially opened its doors. Um, it is the only national veterans museum. Mm-hmm. So there are other state museums. There are specific museums to different branches of the military. But this is the only one that's, that's dedicated to veterans. Um, it's an incredible facility. Um, I urge every veteran across the U.S. to find some reason to pass through or travel to, find a reason to go to Columbus, Ohio, Mm -hmm. and then go to the museum. Um, They do an incredible job about talking about the veteran's journey throughout all of the different, they call them alcoves, uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the process of what it takes to become a veteran. You know, that that initial step of of having that call of like, I'm going to serve. And then that initial step of of actually raising your right hand and enlisting uh, or... uh, we're commissioning and then all the way through to when you get to the end, when you finally leave service and then what it means to continue to serve after you take your uniform off. Right. Um, and so that story is, is all throughout the museum. And then we were very fortunate enough, uh, to be connected very early on when we had this idea for the book, um, with the staff at the national veterans Memorial museum and, uh, uh, general Mike Ferreter, um, retired general. He is the president and CEO of the museum. He's also a former ranger. Uh, and then uh, Colonel retired Bill Butler um, is the uh, chief of staff there. And they're both former rangers. And God, rangers. Just like rangers. <laughs> just like thick as thieves. That's right. Uh, we like to stick together. And uh, so we, we talked and, and talked about, you know, what this project was, what it meant. And honestly, from the very beginning that we talked about the book, we, there was a mention of, well, you know, this is, a, this is a powerful thing that you're doing. It could turn into an exhibition. And so, you know, 
a year before we even unveiled an exhibition, we were talking about that it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been incredible to partner with them. It's, it's, it's been uh, a, an incredible ride to see the book transform into an exhibition uh, that people were able to go see in person and virtually because yeah. uh, there is a virtual component to it as well. And what we did is we took um, 20 stories, 20 veterans, uh, technically 22 because two of the photos are a father, son, and then also a husband, wife. Uh, but 20 portraits. And uh, we thought that that was perfect with, you know, the theme of the 20 year war and uh, share their story. People walk through it and, and, you know, whether they feel a connection with the veteran there, they realize that, holy cow, I'm looking at just everyday photos of people, but these people are veterans. Right. Like you wouldn't know necessarily initially walking in there, but then you start reading their stories that come along with it. And uh, it, it's a really powerful experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, was, I wanted to ask like, you know, that whole process of putting it together, right? Of, of sitting down, you know, your first time, right? Like, like the, the pressure of, oh, I got a gallery, guys. Uh, <laughs> but uh, how do you, you know, it was the, the selection of the, the, the right stories and making sure that you're putting the right, um, you know, foot forward in, in how that's represented. Because um, your storytelling is an art, right? Yeah. Especially when you're trying to communicate through, you know, visuals yeah. uh, and walking people through a journey. Um, you know, and as I understand it, they did an, an incredible job uh, yeah. of, of representing that. How many people came through and have seen the, the exhibit since it's uh, been up? Do you, do you know? Uh, I don't know exact numbers, but I know several thousand yeah. at least that have that have stepped foot through the exhibition. I'm sure there's tens of thousands, if not more, yeah. uh, that have seen the virtual exhibition because uh, not only did we... They realized, the museum staff realized very early on when they initially opened their doors and then uh, COVID happened right after that. They knew that they needed to go virtual. They had to create an opportunity for people to experience the museum without actually being there. Um, so not only did we do you know, the exhibition, the physical ex exhibition, but we also created a lot of programming that was virtual. Um, so between all of those components as well, I mean, tens of thousands, I, I don't know. I, I know a lot, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. even hundreds of thousands, I'm not sure, yeah. um, through the virtual experience. So it's, it's been incredible to see how much, though, it's impacted people. Because right. um, they, they also um, physically had a guest book um, that people would come and sign as well. And of course, not everybody signs it, but that thing was basically full by the end of the, the tenure of the, the exhibition there. And you had people from World War II writing their story or a piece oh, of it yeah. uh, in it. You had Vietnam vets. You had people from uh, all across the world, you know, putting in their details of like where they traveled from and, and things like that. So it, it's been really cool to see the impact uh, and how wide it has spread. Yeah. Well, it's incredible. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible, incredible accomplishment. Did you know the Grunt Style Foundation serves our military and veteran communities with everything they need to get on track, no matter their circumstances? From alternative medicine, mental health support, career resources, combating homelessness, food insecurity, and more, we are partisans for our community and will remain so with your support. Donate today, and together, we will drive positive changes we desperately need. Someone has to, and we're stepping up. Are you? Visit www.grunstylefoundation.org and support a veteran today. So we're going to take a little shift to get a little, some gears here a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of the work that, that we all do together, we talk, we, 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 we're heavily ingrained in this community, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of these, the, the storytelling that we all are involved in with our brand, the brand that you're creating, yeah. um, you know, and, and the work that we're doing within our community, right? We, we 
a lot of that's focused on on the biggest elephant in the room, right? And that is the the the, the suicide epidemic that's happening within our community right now. Um, when when you were putting this together, was was there thought on how like how you wanted to you know, put that into a perspective in the storytelling here and and the, and the idea of hey like there could be people out there that are reading this that are are you know really down in in the dirt on some of their personal issues yeah. and maybe this story is going to lift them up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that was that was a huge component of it. You know, uh, Vince Fargus is is one of the veterans in the book and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he, he talks about it all the time is, is, you know, suicide prevention and the awareness of it. I don't know if this is true, like absolute, but it certainly feels like the more awareness that's given to suicide in a sense that everybody's just talking about in the media is like, there's a number, you know, there's a number of veterans that commit suicide every year or every day. Right. Um, that's creating a predisposition path mm-hmm. for veterans. We need to talk about suicide prevention in a sense of giving veterans purpose right? and giving them a path to see success for themselves after they take the uniform off. And yes, there's, there's suicides happening even in the military. And I think the military needs to address that. Right. Um, and that's on them, but for veterans who are committing suicide, that's on all of us. Correct. And that's something that I wanted to, you know, make sure that part of the book was there to do was to, to share stories across all branches, across all different ranks and grades of service and give stories that people can connect with. I don't care where you served, when you served, uh, what time of frame, what rank, what grade, what branch. You, you will feel connection to somebody in this book. I guarantee it. Right. And you're going to see their path uh, to where they are today. And you can hopefully use that to envision where your path will lead you in the future. And I think that's an important thing is to show the successes and the opportunities that veterans do have uh, and, and keep sharing the, the positive stories, the incredible stories after service. Yes. You know, a lot of times we share the stories of, you know, the, the really cool combat stories, the things that happen, you know, when we're wearing the uniform, but we miss out on the opportunity to share the stories of what people are doing today and, and the impacts that they're having. So not only did we do that, do that with the book, but we, we chose a, a specific, very powerful title for the exhibition on purpose. Uh, we, we titled it, the 20-Year War, Our Next Greatest Generation. And the reason we chose that title, which I knew, knew was going to be something that's going to be like, hmm, you know, you know I'm surprised you're maybe choosing that title. Right. You know, because everybody talks about, you know, our, our fathers and grandfathers of the past, the, the, the greatest generation. You know, we need to talk about it now, today, about how we're going to pre-position ourselves to be the next greatest generation, how we are going to define the future of this country. And I think it's important that we uplift each other as veterans to make sure that we are, again, sharing the stories of these veterans and these incredible people who are doing amazing work all across the nation, all around the world. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, thank you for sharing that. That's, um, you know, that's, I think it's incredibly important, right, uh, to, to, to hear people like yourself, you know, share, share where they're at on that because, you know, it's a, I think that's a different perspective because we can all get lost in the numbers, yeah. right, and the numbers are, are staggering. It's, you know, it yeah. is what it is. 10% of the total people that have deployed in 20 years are dead from their own hand. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, but 
I don't think we talk enough about the people that are doing great things within our community, right? I think that, you know, some of the problems that, that we have within the veteran community is that we like to chop each other down at the knees, yeah. right? We don't like to see other successful veterans for whatever reason. Um, and I think that's part of the bigger part of the problem of, of our own community and how we address these problems, these yep. situations, right? You know, because when we all see on social media, uh, somebody that has, you know, taken a knee and, you know, has ended their life, right? We'll all rally and we'll, we'll say, yes, yes, we need to do something. We need to do yeah. something, right? There was uh, a gentleman that just passed away recently, a, a 275 Ranger, yeah. uh, right? Uh, uh, Joseph Cap. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, these... It, it's heartbreaking to see. You know, most importantly, it's heartbreaking. It's important. It's heartbreaking to see these individuals are taking their lives. I mean, we all are struggling with that. Yeah. Um, but I think what's what's the bigger problem is like, you know, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get back to saying we need to do more push-ups. We need yeah. to do more awareness. We need to do all this. But to your point, it's like we're all aware. We don't yeah. need to talk about that. We need to talk about the successful veterans and yeah. point to the people that have pulled themselves out of those situations and have done better things. And to say. You can do that too. Yep. Right. You can, you know, you can pull yourself out of this because you know what? At the end of the day, that I've come to understand, if I'm not being shot at and I'm not going to die, I can change the situation and the world around me. Yep. Right. And that's and that's been something of my own suicidal ideations that has kept me going over the years. Yeah. Um, because it is it is tough. Right. We have all we all struggle through things, and there's a lot of people that struggle with things before they even join the military, and yeah. then combat triggers something that they, you know, it, it puts on more trauma, and you know, puts some people into a state of depression. And I can go on that soapbox for yeah. forever, but, um, but I love that perspective. Yeah, and you know, I I think it is important. Uh, don't get me wrong, like to talk about it and to to be aware of like how how broad and how widespread the this epidemic is really. Uh, and how it's affecting the veteran community. Um, and we should absolutely rally every time, you know, somebody right. like uh, uh, certain first class, uh, certain first class cap, uh, you know, commit suicide. Like we absolutely should do those things, but we got to continue it. We got to, we got to, you know, we got to do things in between. We can't just like every time that somebody commits suicide, that's very, you know, impactful to the veteran community. We rally for a short period of time and then it falls off. Right. We've got to reflect on like, what do we do to keep, keep the conversation and not the conversation about suicide, but like I was saying, the conversation of how to find success after, <clears throat> after service. Yeah. And, uh, an individual in this book, uh, JC Glick, um, one of the most inspirational people I, I talk to, you know, any, anytime I, I, I talk to him on the phone, I get a piece of wisdom from him that like, well, I'll carry with me for the rest of my life. Uh, but he tried committing suicide multiple times. Like, um, and he talks about it in the book and he talks about the different things that he had to go through and realize to, to make sure that he never gets to that point again. Uh, and those are the things like, you know, that are, that are talked about enough is, you know, staying connected to individuals, not just, uh, veterans, but also civilian individuals, people that you can rely on your, you know, not just friends and family, but like mentors, people that you can really lean on when times are tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, staying physically fit, staying active, staying uh, within the community, um, keeping your mind sharp, you know, whether that's always learning something or reading or doing things like that. Um, but he has he has these pillars that he talks about in the book that are critical to anybody who's going through a transition you know, out of service to make sure that they uh, hopefully don't get to a point where they're they're thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you never know where you're going to find purpose. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, you found purpose during COVID and saying, you know what, you know, I'm, I've got this time. I'm reflecting on my military service that I've kind of, I've dropped my pack on and, 
you know, there's a real opportunity here to talk about some great stories and your purpose emerged right in front of you yeah. and it put you on a path, right? Uh, I can, I can look back and remember when the when purpose struck me in the face and I was like, wow, all right, I'm ready to pick up and, 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 you know, throw on that burden and, and you know, move forward. Right. Yep. And, and walk through all that. Um, and you know, I think it's for everybody, anybody that's listening out there, right. It's, you know, find your purpose. Right. And once you do like you sure, there might be things that you have to change in your life to, to, to make that purpose work. Right. Yep. And there might be some challenges that come along with that. Uh, but what's the alternative? Yeah. Right. I mean, sucking on a, a, a gun and, you know, taking, taking your life and leaving everybody behind and wondering, wonder, wondering why you did it. Right. Yeah. When you had this beautiful mass that you're putting on for everybody else. Right. And, and that's, that's another area that we should, you know, uh, you know, be thinking about is how do we as a community reduce the stigma of having conversations about our own mental health? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, it, this is actually the first time I've done this, and, and I'll be the first one to say that, you know, I'm at fault for not doing it more often. But, uh, you know, when, when, uh, when Cap committed suicide, it was the first time I actually did start reaching out to people, mm-hmm. did start calling them. And usually previously when I did call people, it was like, you know, hey, how's the friend's family doing, stuff like that. But this was the first time I called and said, how are you doing? Right. Like, how are you doing mentally? Or how are you dealing with, you know, the – uh, you know, the news that, that cap committed suicide, like, how are you, how are you dealing with just everyday life? Um, and I think those important things to talk about and yeah, veterans don't want to do it. They want to like, you know, punch each other on the shoulder and be like, yeah, you'll be fine. Like buck up, you know? Yeah. Rub some dirt in it. You'll be fine. Um, but it's important to have those conversations be like, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's okay to be dealing with everyday stress. It's okay to be, you know, finding your way to deep, dark pit. Yeah. But you got to figure out how to get out. Exactly. You got to know who you need to lean on and to have those calls and those connections. Like, yes, I'm glad they're happening now, but they got to be recurring. They got to keep right. going. That's right. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, we were all trained to be selfless, right? That is the one, the commonality amongst all the military branches is, um, you know, that, uh, that selfless service, right? That we will, uh, you know, storm, we, uh, you know, we'll sit in that, that fighting hole uh, and, you know, fight to the death with somebody from, you know, Biloxi, Mississippi, who might hate me because of my race. But yeah. we're going to do it together because that's what we're trained to do and blah, 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 right? Um, but... We have to like how do, how do how do we take that afterwards? How do we take that that mentality and continue moving it forward and saying, hey, you know, uh, how you doing? How you make a buddy call, make yeah. a buddy check, right? Yep. Um, and and keep that consistency, right? Uh, that discipline, right? The discipline that we learn in the military and, and bringing that forward and um, you know just policing ourselves in a much a much better way. Yeah, I mean, for for me, it's like creating a, a mission or purpose for myself. Like I, sometimes I have to force myself to do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's, it's not something you want to do. Like even this book, I'm, I'm not somebody who wants spotlight. I'm not somebody who wants to have to show my face oh, or, it'd be or about whatever. You if it was. Exactly. <laughs> was like it would be my book, but it's, it's not Yeah, Yeah. I helped create it, but it, it is, you know, 71 veterans stories. Yes. It's not my story. Uh, yes. I have an intro into it. Why I did what I did and like why I wrote the book, but that that's it. It's, it's 71 other veterans' stories. I, I, I want other people to share their story. But, you know, it's, 
you can create your own purpose. One of the things that I think happens to a lot of veterans, and this is just my perspective, what I think, uh, a lot of people leave service, they had a purpose, they had a mission, they had the individuals they were serving with. When you take that uniform off, a lot of that goes away. Yeah. You don't have that anymore. Well, it's an identity for a lot. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and you're losing your identity, you're losing your mission, you're lo- losing your purpose, you're losing your tribe, you're losing a lot of things. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of loss and grief that you honestly go through. You don't even realize you're going through it and knowing how to address that and knowing how to refine a tribe, to find a new tribe, to find a new purpose, create your own mission. You can be responsible for your own path in your future. Like understanding how to do that, I think is, is the key for veterans to find success for themselves. And for me, even it took years. I mean, like you were just talking about, I found purpose during COVID to create this. Well, that was, eight years after I took the uniform off, right. you know, like that's, that's a long time to sit there and not know like how I was going to give back or what my true purpose was or my calling was. It's a long time to reflect on that. And it took me eight years to do so. And a piece of that, that I do write about in the book is I think every veteran needs to do a self-reflection of their service. They need to get to a point where they're okay with what they did while they're in uniform and that they can reflect on the things that they either, had to do, forced to do, positions they were put into, whatever the case may be, there's a lot of trauma there that, that has to be dealt with. Yeah. The only way to deal with it is to recognize it. Right. And you've got, that's got to be the first step is to know that it's there. And then you can find the next step, you know, whether that's going to talk to somebody, whether that's talking with your you know, buddies that you serve with, talking to your, your family, you know, whatever the case may be. And that's why I think it's so important for veterans to share their stories too, because mm-hmm. through that process of sharing your story, you'll remember a lot of that trauma you went through and then you just got to find the mechanisms to deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's probably the, some, that's some really sage stuff right there. You know, and I think it's tough. Um, you know, again, we, you know, we go back to a community that doesn't that is not very accepting of you know personal put, emoting personal feelings. Yeah. Right. You know, we're all told to sh- you know shut it or you know get the fuck back in line, blood up, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, so it makes it extraordinarily difficult. And then, you know, you have all the, uh, other influences of the world and the environment that are coming down on you. And, you know, we're, we have societal, uh, structure that, you know, doesn't allow, uh, uh for men to, 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 really have these outlets to say, you know what, I'm struggling. I yeah. need, I need some help. Right. Cause the most powerful words in business is I need help. Why can it be the same way in, you know, just your personal life? Yeah. I need help. Right. I'm, I'm desperate for help and, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that's, that's, that's a challenge for us in this community. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's stigmatized. It's just, it's this thought that, you know, I'm going to be letting somebody down if I tell them that I need help, you know, I should be helping others. It's also that selfless service. Like why am I the person that's down right now? I should be helping somebody else. Yeah. It's like you've you've got to help yourself before you can That's truly it. help others. That's it. And uh, and to have the broadest and biggest impact to the people around you, you've got to look at after yourself first. You've got to be healthy for yourself first yeah. before you can help help others. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, it's a you know, great perspectives. Um, you know, and these are, are just our own, our own opinions. You know, two veterans that have navigated through the the struggles of post combat. Um, and you know, two individuals that found their purpose, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, I think the the work that I've been able to accomplish uh, in the years after my service, um, you know, I, 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 
my, my I got off compass for a little while, right, yeah. um, and then and, get, and then got back on. Uh, but it's been extraordinarily fulfilling for me, and and you know, making sure that I'm holding myself accountable to the community that I'm part of, right, and yep. the work that we do with our foundation uh, that, that that really puts a lot of that into perspective. Uh, I think it's important, and that's what has really, you know, helped me grow as a person is. Uh, seeing all those things, uh, being involved in it, and you know, and, and processing my own stuff, right? Because, like I said, when I went back to, you know, when the fall of, uh, Af- or when Afghanistan collapsed, right? Like, there's a, I have intrusive uh, thoughts and memories of things that I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah. I, I, like, I was never in Afghanistan. Why am I having this problem? And I go home and I read my diary, and I'm like, oh God, <laughs> that's where this is coming from, right? Yeah. And I haven't picked that thing up in years. Uh, so you're processing process. It's important to process your own shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'm the first one to tell things about me and like things that I've gone through, you know, you asked about what happened after the fall of Afghanistan and, and yeah, we went on the media frenzy. Tom and I didn't really recover or coop, like recoup from that until December, January, February after, because we just didn't have the bandwidth to focus on the book, the media coverage, helping people escape from Afghanistan. Yeah. It took a year or months for us to get to a point where it's like, all right, we got to take a step back. But that's again, realizing that you've got to take that step back and realizing yeah. that it is affecting you. You've got to do in the military. You don't want to self-assess because you don't want to like, you want to continue with the mission. You want to continue with whatever the mission is at hand that you got to do it. That's why I keep talking about, it. you got to redefine your mission, your purpose, what right. you're doing. And uh, that's what it was for me was we had to just take a step back for a minute. Because at what point are you combat ineffective? Yeah, exactly. Right? Because you're taking yourself too far and you haven't, you haven't assessed yourself and saying, hey, you know what, I'm now a liability and a risk to my, to my bros, to, to those on the left and right of me. Um, that's a problem. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, man, that's some, some deep stuff, brother, <laughs> deep stuff. But I think it's appropriate to have these conversations. And again, because it's storytelling, right? And we're, yeah. and we're storytelling to, to share the lives of others and to show that there is purpose and that other people are finding it and they're out there doing great things. And you can too. So uh, I think it's, a, it's an important sub- subject to cover. Now, you know, getting back to the, the book uh, here, where can people find it? And is the virtual exhibit still a thing? Can, yeah. can, they, can they go and visit it? Yeah, so uh, the book, you can find it on Amazon. We also have our, our website. If you order it through our website, I'm happy to sign it, inscribe it, do whatever you want to it. It's uh, got a lovely signature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, 20yearwar.com. You could spell it with a 20 or spelled out 20. It'll take you to the same place, 20yearwar.com. Uh, and then the museum exhibition, if you go to nationalvmm.org, so national, uh, victormikemike.org. Um, that'll take you to the main webpage for um, the National Veterans Memorial Museum. And then you can find exhibitions. The 20-Year War is right there. It'll take you to the virtual exhibition so you can go through. And, and we have an origin film so you can see kind of like how we created this, what the process was to create it, and then uh, a ton of content with veterans that are in the book. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I. You say it much better than I do. I always stumble. The MVMM yeah. <laughs> Museum. <laughs> no, but uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic place. Um, you know, ran by a, a fantastic group of individuals. Uh, like I said, if you cannot uh, you know, uh, get out there, you can, you can check it out virtually. Yep. But yeah, I think every veteran, to Dan's point, should go out and check the, out the MVMM. Uh, it's, a, it's a historical place of our heritage. Right? It talks about our journey as veterans as we get out of service and try to find our own purpose. And 
Dan, you found your purpose. You've got a, a great book here. What's next? Oh, uh, a lot of things potentially in the works. You know, we're trying to see this book, you know, continue to spread. I think every veteran, and, and, and I, whether you agree or disagree, it's not about the sales. I don't care. I think every veteran should read this book because they should connect with the story. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get this book in as many veterans' hands as possible or even civilians that have maybe veterans in their lives somewhere uh, so that they can have more of an understanding of, of what they went through. Um, but, you know, promoting the book, getting the uh, exhibition to its next place and, and developing that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the works as far as, like, additional content we're cr- going to create. There's uh, – potential to do some more full length videography. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> uh, hinging with uh, kind of some of the themes that are in the 20 year war yeah. and uh, just making sure, like I said, to keep promoting uh, veteran success and just make sure that we can help you know, our brothers and sisters that we served with um, their businesses that they've created uh, the success paths that they've made for themselves and just keep promoting them and making sure that they uh, you know, are creating a vision for the future that will be the next greatest generation. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I I don't think we can end it any better than that. So, uh, Dan Blakely, 20-Year War, check it out. Uh, You heard where to find it. And come and see Grunt Style uh, in our Grunt Style retail places where we'll be uh, sharing the exhibit and really be a part of uh, telling the story. So uh, we want to say thank you for watching. Uh, Thank you, Dan, for uh, sharing your story with us today and and this uh, incredible um, historical perspective of, of Americans standing up and doing their duty to to defend her nation. Uh, So thank you very much, and we'll see you all next time on another American Grit. Grunstyle Foundation is moving forward with purpose. Thanks to support from members of the community like you, we have begun to turn the tide in the fight against toxic exposure, PTSD, and veteran homelessness, among other things. This is a fight some people don't believe can or should be fought. Respectfully, they can sit on a cactus and spin. We are in this for our brothers and our sisters. So the challenge is accepted. Let's be the change we need. Somebody has to be. Visit www.grunstylefoundation.org and donate today.